a greyhound to the county line. She's reading Marx and Lenin all the time. She says, Jesus freak, you're such a fool. I say, Satan loves you, thinks you're cool. She's a socialist of the highest degree. I'm a communist. Her mother hates me. You're an anarchist. You don't want anything from me. I'm a Satanist. At least that's what I think I might be. At least that's what I think I might be. We danced until the sun was gone. Hmm. All right. So... That's Asher. And that's Vix. And this is Speak, Speak of, of the Devil. Devil. <sighs> that was better than usual. Ugh. I think. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you went so slow. Well, I wanted to make sure we managed to synchronize it. <laughs> I was just trying to do it the way that you normally do it. (laughs) Darling, we have much better rhythm when we're together. Well, I think we maybe, should we tell our listeners the good news? Uh, That isn't the good news about... Uh, (laughs) The the good news, dearly beloved, we are gathered today to celebrate the most (laughs) holy and venerable of institutions... Namely, (laughs) divorce! Yes! Um, So I am getting a divorce. um, (laughs) And moving to California to be with Uh my co-host. There are stories that I'm not going to share with you because, well, hey. Oh, my. (laughs) I I will state for the record. That I'm not actually a homewrecker. Uh-huh. No, you're not. It looks an awful lot like that right now, but I'm not actually a homewrecker. No. No, that that home came pre-wrecked. <laughs> oh. Ah! Well, um... Th- I mean, I was just going to tell our listeners that we were moving in together, oh, but okay. <laughs> I, I thought maybe we should have communicated about that before we started this. I, I mean, <laughs> we can edit it. It'll be fine. I think it's okay. (laughs) Now I'm embarrassed. Why are you embarrassed? Because I just outed you as a gay divorcee to the fucking world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, darling. Yes, precisely. Of course I'm a gay divorcee. It only Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, So today we are on... Part two of our series on the the satanic panic. Mm -hmm. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the satanic panic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yes. So. Corrections corner. Right. Okay. So we got a couple of details wrong uh, in the last episode. The case where the children were supposedly taken to Mexico to be molested by the Mexican army Mm -hmm. was actually the Oak Hill case. 
and the baby tigers that children were supposedly said were they were forced to kill um was uh, actually the killer case cool. so that's nice something. um and with that out of the way we have an absolute beast of an episode this time and we'll see how well we can get through all this because uh whew, satanic panic sure was a thing um it's usually thought of as being mainly in the 80s but we're continuing well into the 90s today with some really gnarly cases of uh people getting falsely accused and imprisoned long-term. Um, actually, it seems to have happened in the 90s more than the 80s, yeah. come to think of it. Yeah, it really was more of a 90s phenomenon. Like, the 80s were sort of the, like, yeah. precursors, and then Oof. it really blossomed in the 90s. And then, I mean, you know, the best satanic panic cases of the 80s, 90s, and today. Yeah, uh, wish I could comfortably say it's over. I would say no. Uh, slowed down, maybe. Dormant. Slowed down a little um, bit. Dormant. I'm a little worried. Like I feel like yeah. Pizzagate might be the. No, the the current climate is definitely ripe for and already rife with conspiracy theories of the most batshit insane variety, um, particularly from the right wing. And therefore, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually wanted to start, I wanted to go back in time a little bit, though. Because one of the themes that we'll be exploring in this episode a little bit, yeah. or at least part of my agenda today, okay, is a lot of people talk about the satanic panic as something that mainly affected just, you know, sort of... Uh-huh. Everyday average Joes, you know, totally innocuous people who have nothing to do with the occult or Satan or, you know, um, and I feel like that narrative is very appealing in um, kind of a universalizing way. It could happen to anyone kind of way. And it could. Yes. But the people we're going to be talking about today, um, we're going to talk about. A couple of actual Satanists who didn't get it too bad, but did get, get it. it. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of queer people. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about occultist teenagers. Yeah, like, uh, and just like, yeah, fucking like, it, it was a bad time to be a goth kid. Yep. It it was a, a bad time to be different. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. So, like I said, going way, way back, I wanted to start by reading a couple of quotes from yeah. an interview with Zena Shrek, formerly known as Zena yeah. LeVay, Anton LeVay's daughter. Now, Zena's yes. kind of a fascist piece of shit, but I think this quote mm-hmm. says a lot about... Um, the sentiment that the Church of Satan was met with um, at the time and the ways in which the public reaction to that really were... Awful? mm, Kind of the start of the satanic panic. And awful, yeah. Um, So here's Xena, and also, you know, as much as I don't like her politics, when I think about the little girl she's describing herself as in this, it just makes me so mad. Yeah, no, I mean, one... 
one can always have sympathy for the tiny child. The tiny child, even if it grows into a shitty person. So she says, Exactly. We were not liked in our neighborhood, as our presence created a lot of disharmony. He, LeVay, attracted a lot of psychopaths who'd leave threatening answering machine messages that we would have no choice but to listen to day and night. I'd gotten over most of the traumas of my childhood, including when I was 11 and had to transcribe these messages for the PD, describing in great detail how I'd be killed and raped. I was also trained to take down the license plate of any car that sat out front for too long, because vandals would throw eggs and bombs and shoot bullets at the house. The sound of a car engine still gets me to this day. The sound that always preceded an attack. Holy Satanism God. was not a beloved thing. And then a little later in the interview, talking about when she became the spokeswoman for Church of Satan. In the 80s, Christian fundamentalists yeah. started using the church as their scapegoat, the group that they could point a finger at as being responsible for these secret cattle mutilations, child abductions, and crazy government-related conspiracy theories that they were hearing about in the news. I panicked, Oof. feeling as though they were attacking my religion and my father, so I contacted him and asked what his plans were to address the situation. I learned that he had no plans because he, was no, he no longer had anyone to help him, and there wasn't really a Church of Satan anymore. All the members from the 60s and 70s no longer participated. They were just mm. names on a mailing list. I decided I'd act as its temporary spokeswoman in order to show everyone that we really did exist. Mm. Yeah. But no, I mean, just describing, like, being this little kid and hearing these answering machine messages and, yeah. like, having these cars drive up and lurk outside the house. Um you know, it's just just terrifying. Um, it is. And ugh. she also says in that interview that her dad was really useless when it came to protecting her, which is not a big shock. Well, LeVay was kind of a shit. He, he was um, fairly useless in various ways. Anyhow. Um, I was going to say that also just like the whole like save the children thing is such a vile thing to say when they're threatening to do that to like a little tiny exactly kid. it's it's crazy old. yeah it's just absolutely insane um like yeah not to be a cliche but won't somebody think of the children right won't somebody think of the little freaking satanist baby who's already getting they abused can't. by her weird dad but <sighs> yeah and yeah. <sighs> Not okay. So that was fun. Um, but that was also flashback to the 60s for a second. So now we're going to speed forward to sort of some of the post-McMurdin cases, I believe is the plan. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. um, and I think you know some of these a little bit better than I do. I mean, a little bit, possibly. Yeah. Um, um, Country Walk Miami. All right. So that was Frank Buster and his wife, mm -hmm. uh, Elena. And it was ugh, um, both Frank and his wife were accused um, mm -hmm. In 1984, uh, in the country walk section of Miami, um, the abuse case started when a three-year-old boy asked his mother to kiss his body uh. when she was giving him a bath. He said 
Ileana kisses all the baby's bodies. Um, mm. Frank was a Cuban immigrant. Um, and he had previously been convicted for a 1969 manslaughter and for fondling a nine-year-old. He was placed on probation. Janet Reno was then the state attorney. Um, and the thing is, like, <sighs> the child experts were Joe and Lori Braga. And so it's like there was a like gonorrhea test on Frank's son that was highly questionable in terms of mm. technique. And then the like samples were lost. Um, like the lab evidence was lost three days before the uh, defense had an opportunity to look at it. And so it sounds like Frank mm-hmm. was in some ways kind of a shitty, shady guy. But like the scale and massiveness and insanity of this case. Cause like, I think that in some satanic panic cases, there were times when it was, no, this child has actually been molested, but it's, like, it's that banality of evil thing. Where it's not, like, the exciting version of child molestation. Not that they're, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not the, like, yeah. it's not satanic. No, it's just, like, there are shitty people, often, like, people's, like, step-parents or whatever, who do horrible things to kids because they're fucked up. Because they're bad people. Exactly, and so... This kind of thing where it's turned into, like, this sort of vast, occult, sort of gothic novel of a thing when it's just this very banal, like, a shitty dude Mm -hmm. who has a much younger wife and is probably a shitty husband. Like. Yeah. May or may not have done fucking anything. But just, like, it's such a, like heady little bullshit type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it looks like you have some notes in there about the leading questions. Yes. Those are from uh, the uh, Joe and Lori Braga um, testimony. Did you l- use leading questions in your interview with Leslie? Answer, Yes. Can you explain why and how you use them? Okay, there are different degrees of leading questions. From something as leading as, did so-and-so put his penis in your mouth? To, did so-and-so did something to hurt you? To, hi, how are you? What? Yeah. Degree of leading. That you give a child depends on a number of things. The child's age. The younger the child, the more the more you have to ask leading questions. Just because of the uh, level of their understanding and vocabulary. As for their comfort... In the interview with Leslie, I started out very open-ended. Do you know why you're here, etc. Did some uh, something uh, her behavior and observed her trying to tell me something that I needed to help her a little bit, and so that she would feel comfortable. When Leslie re- revealed the details about her sexual abuse, what if anything did you do? I didn't praise her per se, but I gave her reassurance again that it was brave of her to talk about and that nothing bad would happen mm. to her. Mm. Brave. Yeah, that's that's a little um that's a word. Yeah, brave is a word that like okay, look, if you tell an adult who has spoken out about their sexual abuse that they're brave, like that's one thing. Like that's Yes. Adults aren't going to make shit up just cuz you call them brave. 
kids on the other yes, hand. Yes, you do. <laughs> kids will make shit up to entertain themselves. Children, like, it's not even that, like, they children don't lie maliciously. They just, like, they don't have, like, a yeah. proper little reality filter or whatever. Totally. No, like, when I was a little kid, oh, man. Damn, just thinking about some of the stuff that ran through my head when I couldn't yeah. sleep. Um, there was some fucking Calvin and Hobbes comic yeah. where their parents, like, ripped off their faces, revealing them to be rubber masks with horrible aliens underneath, and then they tried to, like, cook Calvin and eat him. Right? And I was seriously worried about that being a real possibility. I would, like, be like, are my parents just fattening me up to eat me? (laughs) Yes! These are the sort of things that worry children, because that's what Uh, kids are fucking like, and... Yep. That's the nature of childhood and the nature of children. And failing to understand and accept that about yeah. kids is to... And also, the really fucked up thing is, like, mm-hmm. I mean, not only do kids, in fact, lie, because they do, but also what really gets me is a lot of these kids weren't, in fact, like, you know, they weren't just, like, making shit up. They were, like, led. These were, like, leading Mm -hmm. questions that were kind of like it wasn't their fucking idea this was like adults kind of coercing them into saying some really grim shit that yeah and that really gets to me that really creeps me the fuck out because i don't know there's just something really icky and prurient to me about like well did the man touch you there and it's like you seem too excited about this. No, that's that's terrifying. That's prurient as fuck. Uh, and when you bring in the alligator puppets and the anatomically correct dolls, man, then it's just pure, pure nightmare fuel. Yeah, no, that is a dark place to go. So, uh, actually, same year, 85, we also get the We Care Day Nursery case, which, like... Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm looking at this right yes. now, and the, the accusations are just so fucking Mick Martin. Like, I I don't even... Yeah. Yeah. Like, during interviews, children They're made accusations so such as that Michaels forced them to lick peanut butter off her genitals, that she penetrated their rectums and vaginas with knives, forks, and other objects, that she forced them to eat cakes made from human excrement, that she made them play Duck, Duck, Goose while naked, and had played and sang Jingle Bells at the piano while naked. It's just, like... What the fuck? Like, and the fact that at this point, like, these ideas have been suggested to children and put in their goddamn brains just makes me so angry. But, um, anyway, yeah, she served... She served five years. Um... So and, that was fucked up. Yeah. And yeah, it's all these cases. There's so many yeah. common themes of the leading questions, evidence just getting lost somehow. And, Quote unquote lost. Yeah. This was also the era of wild police corruption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it just fucking... The false memory, or the the suppressed memory stuff that's actually false memories, um, it just comes up in all this shit. It does. 
comes up so much and so repeatedly in such grotesque ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, side note, 86. Yes. Andrea Dworkin and uh, is it Catherine McKinnon, I believe? I believe so, yes. Testify before the Attorney General on porn. Yes. Um, so, yes, that, that super fun time that the uh, so-called radical feminists aligned with the right wing to try to criminalize porn um, await the so-called radical turfy feminists are always aligned with the right wing. Yes, <laughs> because they're reactionaries. Um. Yeah. Um, so that's also it's just a thing that's going on in this fucking environment. And it's heinous. Um, mm. And so there's that. There's also um, in... What year are we on? Sorry. Uh, that was 86. Okay. Um, do you want to do... Hmm. I, I can edit this section because I'm... Do you want to do the West Memphis 3 and then kind of bundle the Austin 4 um, with... Oh, there's the West Memphis. Brand. Okay. Uh, no, I wanted to talk about fucking... Um, Michael Aquino or Aquino or however the fuck you pronounce his name real quick first. Uh-huh. I I think it's Aquino. Aquino, I'm sure. Know. Whatever. I don't really care. Um, yep. So there's this guy. Um, actually, in 1986 is when the initial accusation is made. Um, Michael Aquino yeah. um, was the head of the Temple of Set which kind of split off from the Church oh. of Satan. Um, yeah. Shit. You don't have his military rank in here? I do, okay. I think. Because he was also... Uh, in 86? Or wait, when was this? Um, crap. I no, I was just looking at it. it. You don't. It's fine. Um, anyway, so okay. he, he was in the armed forces. He was a, an officer. He is the founder of the Temple of Set. And he's actually a fucking neo-Nazi piece of shit. Absolutely. So we don't fucking like him. At all. However, in 1986, due to some satanic panic shit, he uh, gets accused of molesting a child while he was posted on the other side of the country from where this supposedly happens. And... In 88, he was on the... uh, Geraldo Rivera special exposing yeah. Satan's underground that we talked about before where this investigation and there was an SFPD investigation into him yep. and this was brought up on the air while he was a guest on the show and he's just standing there going like um I was literally nowhere near where that supposedly happens yeah um also I just want to say by the way not only was he a neo-nazi piece of shit but his fucking eyebrows are terrifying Mm. I mean, have you have you looked at a picture of this man? Uh, let me see. Oh, so he was a lieutenant colonel. Just lieutenant colonel. Yes, thank you. Um, and I kind of can't believe his eyebrows were fucking regulation because just just go ahead, look it up. I, I'm looking it up now. Hold, what the fuck? Exactly right. So you know what I said about occultists and weird eyebrows? This guy took a little too far. Also, like, he looks like a shitty neo-Nazi. He's like that weird, like, pink-cheeked, cherubic, Aryan baby man. Yeah, he's with, like, scary eyebrows. He's really creepy. However... He's so creepy. 
he probably didn't fucking molest this particular kid that he was nowhere near. Yes, um, and also, you know what? What? I feel like being a neo-Nazi piece of shit should be enough to, like, fucking condemn you. Well, He doesn't need to have fucking molested a kid to be awful. Exactly. And, like, that's another thing. There's um, a case I'm going to mention again at the end where some Satanists that have some um, neo-Nazi ties got fucked with pretty good. But it wasn't like it was the Antifa fucking with them, okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> they like, didn't get fucked with for the fashy stuff. They got fucked with for Satanism. And that's... Which is why I'm bringing this dude up now. Yeah. This actually reminds me of something I said a while ago, which I may have to cut out because it's a fucked up thing to say. And but you're going to say it again now? I, I haven't said it to you. Okay. Um, which is that <sighs> beating up Nazis because they're Nazis is good and right. Mm-hmm. However, like, I, I think I was saying this in reference to a case where, like, a neo-Nazi dude had been, like, seriously beating the shit out of his neo-Nazi girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, she is a piece of shit. And there is absolutely, I have... Yeah. No sense that this is not someone who, should she be trying to do political work in public or assemble in any way, I don't think that violence against her is wrong. However... Domestic violence is always wrong. Exactly. She should be getting beaten up by Antifa in public, not by her boyfriend in the home. That's not actually that fucked up to say. I mean, maybe someone will think it is, but... I don't see any reason to question that fucking statement. Yeah, so, like, domestic violence is wrong and beating up Nazis isn't. Which, yeah. Yeah, similar to how, like, accusing Satanists of molesting children they didn't molest is wrong, and beating up Satanists who are Nazis for being Nazis it's still not wrong totally and that is my stance but beating them up for being satanists is mm. is wrong yeah so yes um i felt a little weird about including this guy at first but when i found out that an actual high-ranking satanist had gotten into trouble in the satanic panic which is something that people sweep under the rug. They're always like, oh, it wasn't any actual Satanists. Yeah. It kind of blew my mind. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, and more innocent yeah. than him. Yeah. Like, you know, fucking teeny 11-year-old Exactly, Zeke. exactly. Um, so, yeah, in 1990, he uh, files a suit demanding to have his name stricken from the investigation records of the child molestation case he'd been implicated in and sues for damages relating to his discharge from the military, which he claims was the result of the investigation report. He eventually drops the request for damages. So, yeah, um, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't... Um, the investigation didn't find anything, but it seems like it did kind of fuck up his life. And I'm not too sorry for him, but that's still messed up. <laughs> yeah. You know what else actually is really messed up? Mm-hmm. The fact that that investigation fucked up his life, but they did nothing about the fact that there was this literal neo-Nazi. In the military. Being a lieutenant Kirk. Yeah, being a lieutenant. And, like, that's allowed. Right. But. Yeah. The, 
And so, yeah, no, like, oh, no, 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 the Nazi part is fine. We're just worried about when you worship Satan. So, to, to be fair, um, apparently he yeah. was serving openly as a Satanist for quite a while without a problem. And so I think it's okay. less that the army discharged him because he was a Satanist and more because this false accusation was made, which was made due to him being a Satanist. Yeah. But not enough. Exactly. So we still have the army being like, well, Nazis are fine. Yeah. I kind of thought the whole point of us was to mm. fight them at one point, but, you know, times have changed, I guess. <laughs> um, but moving along from this piece of shit, <laughs> um, yes. we can talk about some individuals who I have pretty much unmingled sympathy for. Oh, shit. We didn't talk about Baron. Mm -hmm. can, let's go back and do yes, that. Yes, yeah. uh, he was a little earlier. So let's talk about yeah, Bernard, Bernard Baran, who, like, is the most innocent possible, like, sweet 19-year-old, little, like, 19-year-old mm -hmm. gay boy who worked in a daycare and was really, apparently, really, really good with kids. And it was like a, you know, it was a mm -hmm. low-income daycare, generally. So, like, this is, like, a sweet charitably minded little sweet idealistic 19 year old who's like how many 19 year old boys do you know that would just go like work at a low-income daycare yep just saying and so he started working there in 1983 mm -hmm. when he was i believe 18 um this is in Massachusetts. Uh, he works um, at ECDC. I don't know what that stands for. Um, and the parents of this one little boy who had been placed in the daycare because he'd been removed from his parents because they were both lovely drug addict police informants. Um, and this is in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Um, they complained to the board of directors of the ECDC Lovely. that they didn't want no homo working with their child. Uh, and that's in September. In October, on October 5th, they called their connection at the Pittsfield Police Department Drug Control Unit. They had, a, they alleged that Baran molested their son, um, three days hmm. after they had removed their child from the daycare. So there's that as well. Um, the following day, the police began an investigation of ECDC and quote unquote validated the claim of sexual abuse. One little boy did in fact have gonorrhea, um, which he said repeatedly Oof. to investigators that his mother's boyfriend, like his mother's boyfriend had been molesting him. Um, and nothing was done about that because everyone thought it was Bernard Baran, this sweet, he was also really mm -hmm. physically small mm -hmm. and that just really gets to me. He was like a little guy. 
um, like a tight, like, so, like, short, slight, yep. gay 19-year-old who just, like, <sighs> wants to be charitable and work with kids. Um, and so Oof. his, he, his case went from arrest to trial in 105 days. Um, there was a motion for it. There was a new legal team in 1999. Um, oh, wait. Um, mm-hmm. So he received his sentence on January 30th of 1985. Um, and he received three life sentences for three counts of rape of a child and five counts of indecent assault and battery. His conviction held up on appeal in 86. Wow. The law firm that handled his appeal eventually destroyed his defense case file. Um, yeah. There was case mm-hmm. a set of hearings from 1999 to 2005 where nothing happened. Um, there was prosecutorial misconduct, ineffective assistance of counsel because he was a 19 year old with no fucking money. Um, and so uh, he was get, granted a new trial in 2008 and 2009. He, they set aside the 84 conviction um, and he was released in 2010. He sued several people and got a $400,000 settlement. Um, The state denied liability and has yet to expunge his record. Fuck. And then he had four years of freedom and he died on September 1st of 2014. So, yep. And you know, one of the especially things, grim things about this is okay so he's tiny he's gay he's convicted of child molestation and you know what people in prison do to those convicted of child molestation and well that is not a that is a very understandable response because nobody likes a child molester and that is yeah but uh, he was fucking innocent i know and that's the thing the thing is you're never actually sure they fucking did it yes and so, no wonder he fucking died four years after he got out. I mean, that's just that's just pure no good deed goes unpunished right there. I mean, yeah, this no. just literally like horrible Kafka esque, wrong place, wrong time nightmare. nightmare. Just the worst. Yeah. Mm. And just so sweet. Poor baby. Yeah. And fuck homophobia. Yeah. So there's that, which is just really, really sad. Mm-hmm. So I actually feel like that one is a pretty good segue into West Memphis 3 because we're dealing with more teenage boys um, yeah. going to prison for a long-ass time, unfortunately. Although there is a somewhat happier ending to this story. Um, this is this yeah. case, this is 1994, um, so we, we are well out of the 80s at this point. Um, this case is just all kinds of fucked up and sad on every level. Um, basically, we're in West Memphis, Arkansas. In 93, three little eight-year-old boys are horribly murdered. Um, Steve Edward Branch, Christopher Mark Byers, and James Michael Moore. And... Um, I'm not going to discuss the details of the crime because it was a horrific child murder with possibly sexual overtones. 
Um, yeah. It was absolutely awful. These were yeah. sweet little eight-year-old boys um, who were just riding their bikes around. The kids did then because people thought that stuff like that didn't happen. I mean, honestly, like, this entire trial is like a Stephen King nightmare. Um, everything about it is, yeah. Yeah, it's like, because, yeah, no, it's just like a bunch of sweet kids being murdered and then a bunch of, like, yeah. fucked up by kind of fundamentally sweet kids going to prison for something they didn't do. Yeah, exactly. And even more, like, horrifyingly Stephen King-like <sighs> is uh, these creeps. Um, so James Sudbury and Steve Jones are the guys who just have, they're these, like, creepy, Jesus freak, nightmare, like, Stephen King villain adults who have a massive hate on for two of these boys and for Damien Eccles in particular. So, yeah, yeah, basically, um, there's, uh, these two guys, Jason Baldwin and Damian Eccles, um, 16 and 18 year old, 18 years old respectively. And they're kind of like, yeah, I would say Damian's the goth and Jason's the metalhead pretty much. Jason's rocking a sweet mullet and Damian was like yeah. going around telling people he was a vampire and, um, all that kind of stuff. And um, Eccles, I know, had a pretty rough home life. Um, and yeah. Eccles is really interesting. And um, the thing about Eccles is at the time of his arrest, he was a practicing Wiccan and pretty serious about it. And um, the spoiler is that he's an occultist to this day. Um, he's not a Satanist, but his goth style and his practice of magic mm -hmm. are no. such a huge part of why he gets profiled for this. Um, so there's these fucking, these two cops yeah. who are fucking nuts. Um, yeah. just major, major satanic panic conspiracy yeah. theorists, basically. Um, yep, they think they're everywhere. Yeah, and they're they're literally, like, driving around in their car at night, like, looking for witches' sabbaths. No joke. Yep. They're, they're nuts. And they've been, um, you know, Damien and Jason have both been arrested previously for, like, vandalism and shoplifting. You know, just, like, dirtbag, teen, normal stuff. Um, and so these cops are acquainted with them. And are just into, like, bullying them and badgering them. And, um... Yeah. Damien, I mean, he literally fucking moves to Oregon for a while. And, uh, Sudbury, I believe it was, like... Yeah. Calls, like, the local police department where he's moved to and tells them all this crazy shit that Damien's a Satanist and they need to watch out for him. And as soon as, you know, he moved back to Arkansas... 
this fucking cop is like waiting for him when he gets off the bus basically so yeah total like scary jesus freak stephen king adult bully nightmare people and the thing about the murders backtracking a little bit is that all the fucking evidence gets just mishandled from the get-go like from when the bodies are discovered yeah um honestly i think partially due to the fact that it was a small town where stuff like that didn't usually happen it seems like everyone kind of freaks out and just handles it totally incorrectly and so the bodies are basically like out in the arkansas sun decomposing and getting eaten up by flies for hours before the coroner gets there just for a, a small sample of how like basically by the time the coroner gets the bodies they pretty much can't determine cause of death and there's things with the bodies that later turn out to be decomposition that they thought were deliberate um you know, i'm just gonna say it genital mutilation basically um so yeah. they don't really have many leads but the ones that they do have they don't really follow up on all that well um for example they don't really talk to the parents as much as they should which i'm not someone who's going to say who i think did this but if a kid gets murdered you have to look at the parents you know just like yeah if a partnered you know heterosexual woman is murdered you're gonna look at the husband or boyfriends just statistically you have to um and there's also this uh mysterious figure of mr bojangles um which is uh the name that they gave to a a bleeding man who was sighted on the night of the murders in the bojangles restaurant and um the okay basically he was a black man and there was some hair at the mm-hmm. scene of the crime that could have been consistent yeah. with that, but they never really look into it and they totally lose the hair. Yeah. So oh, wait, did they lose the blood or did they lose the hair? Um, I don't know if they ever actually got the blood. I know they lost okay. the hair. Okay. Like, Oh no, they did. Oh shit. They lost both of them. Oh God. Good job. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's fun. <laughs> So basically, um, and I don't know much about this, but I've been trying to cram this case really fast uh, today. And I must admit that I was somewhat helped by the fact that last podcast on the left just started doing a series on this. Yes. But I only got part one from them. Um, Apparently there was some politics going on with, like, the police department and attorney general and such, and there were various people who really wanted to win the next election and basically getting someone to put away for this horrific crime was really important to them. Um, they needed to get someone fast. Um, yeah. Fucked up, but true. So they end up grabbing this guy, Jesse Miss Kelly, who is 17 years old and allegedly had a... <laughs> An IQ of 72. 
Mm-hmm. And they, basically, they terrorize him into a false confession in which he names um, Jason Baldwin and Damien Eccles as the murderers. And basically mm-hmm. himself as an accomplice. But he was totally terrorized into it. He basically didn't even really know um, Baldwin and Eccles. Mm-hmm. Other than at one point saying they scared the shit out of him. I guess just because they were like the edgy goth metalheads. And he was scared. Yeah. Um, so basically I'm thinking this poor kid's getting the shit beat out of him by cops. And he just names the dudes that he thought were scary looking. Yeah. And of course... Oh, actually... I forgot to mention, um, the fucking guy, Steve Jones, um, one of the crazy conspiracy theorists, nightmare cops, is the guy who finds mm-hmm. the children's bodies. And the first thing he says when anyone else gets there is, looks like Damien Eccles finally killed someone. So, clearly he was yep. pretty biased. So, yeah, um, they're all too happy to grab uh, Eccles and Baldwin. Um, Miss Kelly is tried separately from Eccles and Baldwin. I don't have the details on this, but apparently they were all actually alibied. Mm-hmm. But that, yep. that didn't fucking matter. Um, instead, they go by this fucking false confession, polygraph mm-hmm. tests, which didn't they didn't even keep any record of. Yep. And also polygraphs aren't fucking reliable. And then just, like, kind of freaking out about Damien's, like, edgy goth poetry and practice of Wicca. Because who didn't write edgy poetry as a fucking teenager? Yeah, and also, like, the thing about Damien, and he himself admits this at this point, is he had a big mouth. He was talking back to the cops. um, Yeah. Because he was a naive teenager who didn't think that people who were innocent just got convicted of shit. Um, yeah. He just didn't think that would happen. So he was saying things like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend and I were totally going to have a baby and sacrifice it to Satan. Which is a joke. But they don't get it. Like, yeah. And the thing is, like, <sighs> teens do st- say stupid, insensitive things regularly, because that's what teenagers do. A little bit like how children just make up outlandish crap. (laughs) Yeah. Like, teenagers mouth off, children make up outlandish crap, and also one of the things uh, with the other cases is, like, (sighs) some of the shit the kids were saying was, like, clearly pretend Mm -hmm. stories. That got taken seriously. And, like, yeah, exactly, it's like, well, I flew in a plane with, you know, Barney. Yeah. And, well, and, and fucking like, parallel to that, like, Damien's saying, oh, yeah, I'm a vampire. I drink blood. And everyone's, like, taking it seriously. It's like, this is a, what was it, was it 18? <laughs> yes, this is an 18-year-old goth boy. Of course he says that. Yeah, he's an 18-year-old rural goth boy who's, like, a little, who's, like, definitely angsty because he had... Like a shitty home life. Honestly, based on what I've read about Damien, yeah. I don't. He had a much shittier home life than me, and I don't think he acted out very, very much worse. I mean, I never got arrested, but I also. I mean, like, you know. You know, like. Yeah, you didn't have a cop specifically tailing. Exactly. You. So anyway, yeah. Um, the the trial is 
fucking ridiculous. I mean, this is an, a case that's attracted national attention. Everyone wants blood. Like, everyone has made up their minds that these three boys were Satanists who brutally raped and murdered these little boys. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're convicted. And um, Baldwin and Miss Kelly get life, and Damien gets the death penalty. Yep. So, yeah, um, fucking 18-year-old Wiccan who sometimes says that he's a vampire. Just for that. Just for that. Um, ugh. And, like, there was this whole thing with this uh, woman, Vicki Hutchinson, who gave false testimony and has recanted and admitted that she was coerced by police. Yep. Um, total, total fucking mess. Um, now the, the happy end part to the story. Well, first of all, here's the really bad news, which is that they never fucking caught the real killer. Yep. They never fucking caught anyone. So whoever the fuck that is still out there. The good news is everyone from like, Yep. Pearl Jam to Peter Jackson, director of Lord of the Rings, um, hears about this case, and it becomes this big public campaign to release the guys. And so there's a lot of, eventually, public opinion changing in their favor, and, um, you know, pressure to release them. Um, also, while Damien is in prison, this woman, Lori Davis, um, she just felt compelled to write to him after hearing about his case, and they end up falling in love. And she really fights for him to get out. Um, so yeah, after 18 fucking years, they were released. But here's what's really screwed up. They weren't exonerated. Um, so Basically, it's like, mm -hmm. what do they call the plea deal? Uh, Alford guilty plea. It's, just, it's an unusual plea deal where you plead guilty even though you're innocent. Um, yeah, so that you can't sue the state for damages for keeping you in prison and ruining your life in every possible way. Which is incredibly fucked up. And it means, you know, this, this is on the records. Um, and it means that there's not an investigation of who actually did this. Um, yep. However, DamienEccles.com is a fun website. And you should fucking look at it. Because um, I think this guy turned out pretty cool. And he's written a book. Um, I've read some of his writing. He's really, really, yeah. like, articulate and smart and interesting. Um, in interviews, he um, really talks a lot about the justice system in general. Um, yeah. It's clear he feels really strongly about, you know, justice for all incarcerated people. And yeah, things he'll say is, like, people think my story is exceptional, but it's not. Yeah. Oh. And, um, yeah, he practices hermetic magic now. And oh. apparently that's kind of what was keeping him sane while on death row. 
In fact, he's got a yeah, book coming so. out called High Magic, A Guide to the Spiritual Practices yep. That Saved My Life on Death Row, um, which I really want to get. That yeah. seems really good. But the punchline is still definitely not a Satanist. He's super into, like, angels, angels. and the Kabbalah and, um, yep. yeah, hermetic stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, also, like, he's uh, he's got like a coffee brand now, with coffee brands named after <laughs> freaking angels. Oh. Kind of amazing. And mm-hmm. kind of adorable. I wonder if I should. Okay, it's not gonna work because Wicked Grounds has a perfectly lovely roaster. But it would be really funny if they ended up stalking his coffee beans. (laughs) I might try. Anyway. Try and make that fucking happen. Um, But, like, yeah, so just, like, this sweet, innocent kind... I mean, at the top... Okay, so Mm -hmm. he's clearly not a dumbass now. Oh, he would. He's the first to admit that he was a smart ass with a big mouth, and yeah, and kind being kind mm-hmm. of a dumbass in a myriad of ways. But he was like this, like you know, and he he had his issues. He acted out, but you know what? Yep. Kids do that. That's not a kid who, like, I don't know, gets a like pentagram tattoo and says shitty things to like the local minister because yep. he's like a shitty little yep. know-it-all Wiccan is it that does not make him a murderer it makes him a shitty little Wiccan who is perfectly capable of growing up into a decent human being and like you know apparently so he was his behavior towards his girlfriend was in some ways not great um yeah I don't doubt that um, like he was a little excessive in his pursuit, yeah. which is not to say he like when she dumped him, like he didn't get over her well and like the way teenagers do, you know, sort of the I am a teenager and I haven't quite realized that what I'm doing is stalking thing. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. The the thing where like they've watched say, say anything and they think like really creepy behavior is romantic. I mean the thing about Damien, um, honestly, like many people yeah. who've gone to prison, which is by the way not because of prison, it just seems to be something that some of these guys have in common. Yeah. Um, he's very self reflective. Yeah. And I don't feel the need to linger on his foibles because yeah. I feel like he's spent a lot of time calling them out already. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess I'm not, it's less that I'm trying to linger, it's, like, more that I'm, like, not trying to, like, not acknowledge. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, he wasn't a complete sweet baby angel, but... Yeah. He was no Bernard Durant. holy fuck. (laughs) And the fuck up thing is, like, you know what, that, you shouldn't have to be a sweet baby angel not to belong in fucking prison. You should be able to be, like, a... A little dirt bag. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, little dirt bags... Even, like, you know, there are plenty of, like, little dirtbag kids who are kind of shitty in a myriad of ways and, like, you know, do, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, pity shoplifting and, you know, are, you know, shitty little kids. 
and they don't belong in prison, especially not on death row yep. for being shitty little kids, because, well, then there would be no one out of prison. Totally. Except Bernard Barrand. Um, okay, but I think that's pretty much my, like, super quick summary of the West Memphis Three, even though it kind of took yeah. a while. Um, but yeah, no, those guys yeah. are all out, and, um... They're all pretty outspoken of what they went through. Which is good. Um, ex- well, Miss Kelly kind of stays out of the public eye. Um, well, because, I mean, Miss Kelly, like, you know, was really deeply yeah, no, intellectually disabled. He, he needs people. People need to leave him yeah. the fuck alone, basically. Because he's, don't pick on the intellectually disabled I mean, kid. honestly, That's you like, know who was a sweet baby angel was him. Because I was just watching um, some footage uh, in the yes. documentary Paradise Lost, and he's just yeah. he's just this tiny baby, and like yeah, he's a temper, and he yeah. punches walls and stuff. But you know, but you know, he's a kid who's getting bullied. Yeah, apparently, um, according to the last podcast, guys, he somehow ended up with bitch tattooed on his chest, which I'm guessing is not fucking you know something he wanted. Um, oh, yeah, no. yeah, no. Oh. Before he was in prison. Yeah, and, you know, he's oh. just talking about, like, yeah, so every, he's not oh. speaking out that much, and everyone just needs to leave him the fuck alone, because he's been through so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, but... Yeah, no. Oh, that's so mean. And, like, yeah, and the cops, like, cornering the, like, intellectually disabled kid and, like, forcing a confession out of him. Like I said, horrific Stephen King adult bully Jesus freak assholes. Yeah. Yeah, no, just, like, fucking monstrous. Yep. Like, just picking on the, like, well, who's most vulnerable who I can torment? So, yeah. Um, I don't know if there, I'm probably going to look into after this if there's any way that, um, people can support them actually getting exonerated at this point. Um, given that they took that plea deal, I don't, because I'm not a lawyer, I don't know if it's possible. But, um, yeah. you know, support those guys. They honestly haven't been out all that long when you get right down to it. And um, and they're doing cool shit. Yeah. So... To end up this horribly depressing yeah. episode, did you want to talk about the uh, San Antonio 4? Okay, I mean, the San Antonio 4, it's mm-hmm. it's weird. Um, it happened during the period, happened late in the period, but 97. Um, and it's a group of four uh, Latina lesbians. Um... And, like, the occult elements of this weren't really as stressed, but it it sure was... Um, homophobic? Deeply homophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were 19 and 20 when this mm-hmm. happened. Um, and oh God, I'm trying to remember their names are uh, Elizabeth Ramirez, Cassandra Rivera, Christy mm-hmm. Mayhew, and Anna Vasquez. Um, 
Um, and so they were all sentenced to 15 mm-hmm. years in prison. Um, uh, except for Ramirez, who received 37.5 years. Um, oh, and Ramirez mm-hmm. was pregnant and was forced to give up her newborn after her sentence started. Wow. Yeah. So just let that sink in. Again, will someone not think of the children? Um, yep. And so they were accused of assaulting the seven and nine-year-old nieces mm-hmm. of Elizabeth Ramirez. Um, and I believe um, my source for this mm-hmm. is mostly the documentary Southwest of Salem. Um, and I believe her sister's husband, Elizabeth Ramirez's sister's husband, I could be getting which one this was mm-hmm. wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was her sister's husband. Um, and then ex-husband wanted to get with Elizabeth Ooh. and she was like, I'm gay. Leave me the fuck alone. And so he got his daughters to accuse her. Oh my God. Um, one of the girls has since recanted. Yeah. Um, so it's really sad. Again, the slightly happy ending is that they were all exonerated and released pretty much after the film came out. Yeah. Or, well, no, Cassandra Rivera was given parole where the others were released on bail with the assistance of the Innocence Project. Oh, okay, so they were released, but after the film was released, they were exonerated. Yeah. Yeah, but... uh, and so that yeah. is good. But how least. much time did they fucking do? Um, and it. Fifteen years. Oh God. Just um, about. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, of a seventeen-year sentence, or for what? I mean, the thankfully the uh, Ramirez was released before the thirty-seven point five years, but fifteen fucking years. Oh, in they prison. fucking they served. Oh wow, damn, served almost the whole thing. Yeah. Being completely fucking innocent. You know what else I think is interesting? Yeah. It's kind of a long time for a sex crime. I mean, for a real sex crime, I would say it's not long enough. But when you look at, like, the sentences that men get for freaking rape. I know. Often, sometimes, you know, even rape of children. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like... Fucking, you know, they served five fucking years. And, of course, I mean, the other thing, one of the other really fucked up things is um, oftentimes, Mm -hmm. unless you're exonerated, you can't get parole unless you admit what you did or what you supposedly did. And so these fucking assholes are like, yeah, I fucking did it. And Uh, I'm so sorry, whereas if you maintain your fucking innocence... (sighs) And, like, there are still people in prison for the satanic panic. Yep. That is true. Um, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not done. People killed themselves. People died in prison. People will die in prison. And it's just... And, I mean, the other really heinous thing, I'm trying to... There's a portion in the book we believe the children mm-hmm. where it was talking about some of the interview tactics of this one local attorney with children and the shit he did to kids was so like mm-hmm. it it was fucking child molestation <laughs> supposedly in the pursuit of child molesters 
Like I, mm-hmm. I, if I recall correctly, and I'm having trouble finding this section in the book, I should have done my research better, but um, like he was showing kids fairly explicit material that like you shouldn't be showing the kids. Wow. Alone in his fucking office. Hmm. Terrifying. So, you know, <laughs> people love to project. Mm-hmm. And they love to project, project upon, like, people who are, you know, outcasts of various kinds. Yep. And it's just really, really sad. So, just to make sure that we all feel properly shitty, uh-huh. this, um does not have to do with people being imprisoned, but I would say it has to do with satanic panic in general. Yeah. Last year, in 2017, the Greater Greater Church of Lucifer in uh, Texas was forced to close because of vandalism and death threats against their landlord. So, uh, that's uh, Michael Ford's church, and Ford has some yeah. sketchy, fashy ties. But like I, I said mean, earlier, and I was alluding to this. What? Is he 09A? He's not 09A anymore. He says he disavows uh-huh. them, but he wrote the uh-huh. forewords to a bunch of their fucking books, which he still sells on his Gross. website. So, I mean, he, like, he has spoken out against fascism, but he's still selling 09A books on his website just because he wrote the and forward. fascists love love to disavow fascism. Exactly. So I'm I'm just like I'm not buying it, dude. But it wasn't like the Antifa were the ones throwing cherub statues through the window. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, making death threats against the poor landlord. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like. Ugh. Fucking nuts. And like if it had been if it had been because they were fucking Nazis, I know, would be like, fine. <laughs> throw whatever the fuck yep. you want through their fucking mm-hmm. windows. They're bastards. But doing it because they're Satanists is also just well uh, also it's like <laughs> Yeah. It's like prosecuting a murderer for like I don't know. Not even double parking. Right, exactly. It's like, well, we're going to sentence this murderer to the death penalty for having possibly at some point, maybe, double parked in his life. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going totally. to do nothing about the murder. The murder is fine. But the double parking, we are very worried Totally, about. yeah. So, uh, this has been a monster of an episode. Do you want to try and wrap it up? Yeah, um, is there, do we have, like, literally any cause that we think people could donate to that would be good? Well, um, here's what I'm going to say. And in a lot of cases, kind of the consciousness raising, like, change public perception stuff only goes so far. But when it comes to religion... Yep. It can be a lot. Um, 
I may try to find a list of people who were imprisoned in the Satanic Panic who were still in jail that we might be able to post, and maybe you can send them some letters and, and money. Maybe yep. you send them but money. But honestly, yeah. fucking talk to people about Satanism and explain that it's not about ritually murdering people. Yeah. And don't don't even say shit yeah. like, oh, well, you know, the Levaeans are fine. It's those devil worshippers who literally believe in the devil you need to worry about. That's not fucking true. Yeah. Because, hey, it's not fucking true. We're, we're here. Yeah, we are here. We're, and, yeah. yeah Just we're... explain that Satanism is a religion like any other. Some of us are pretty cool. Yep. Some of us are fucking Nazis. Every now and then there's one solitary... Richard ramirez type dude calling himself a Satanist who's, you know, a serial killer, but... But there have been many a Christian serial killer. Exactly. And, like, reducing the stigma in this case can actually make quite a bit of material difference. Yeah, yeah. no, it really can. And just, like, um, you know... Donate to the Innocence Project. Yep, yep. It's a really good thing. Um, you know, donate to the prison mm-hmm. strike we mentioned before. Um, the IWW's Incarcerated Workers Union is a really good organization. Um, and, you know, um, did I say the ACLU yet? Is it our good guys? No, you didn't. But the ACLU were also, you know, I mean, they're more liberal than I am, but they're good guys. Um, Southern Poverty Law Center are good. Um, mm, yep. And, you know, just... Uh, yeah. Um, We're all just trying... Well, if you were listening to this podcast, then I hope that we're all just trying to make a better world out there. Yeah. Um, do what you can. Try not to get imprisoned for listening yeah. to ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> um, and do what you can to support those who, I mean, support all who are incarcerated, obviously. Yeah. Not just not people just, who are incarcerated because of this shit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, support the sex workers, support people on drug charges, support, like, you know, every fucking political prisoner in the U.S., and there are many, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, there, you know, there were still very old Panthers in the prison. Yep. And send them letters, be nice, um, you know. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. And think of the goddamn children. Excuse me. I apologize. Recording has been interrupted by my hitting the keyboard with my tit. Alright, so after my dumb fuckery, we are back. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, well, I think it's funny. We started out that episode so giggly and um, positively fey-sounding, and we've ended up just like grimly staring into the abyss of really depressing shit yep. um 
Yeah, actually, a, a book I've been reading that I recommend is Blood in the Water, which is about the Attica prison uprising. If you want to learn more about why the prison system and the justice system in the U.S. is pure evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, we'll be back next week. With- we oh, <laughs> we'll we'll pick something fun next week. And we're going to do more mm-hmm. minisodes, and those mm-hmm. are fun and not awful and dramatic. So my suggestion um, for next week's topic? Yeah. Angels are dicks. Okay. We can go with that. I'll do some research. I will also do And some- we'll talk about why I hate angels. Good. <laughs> Even though Damien Eccles, who seems like a total sweetheart, loves them. You know what? We can be different. Yes, we're allowed. Even like we can respect Damien Eccles and still think angels are dicks. Exactly. And you know what? So you in conc- sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say you don't be deserve to be in prison for loving angels, even though they're, they're dicks. <laughs> I thought you were going to say angels don't deserve Damien Eccles. <laughs> I mean, probably true. <laughs> Look. Honey, we got to close this thing out. Yes, sorry. Go on. <laughs> so here is my backwards satanic message. Yeah. Good. Good advice. Okay. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. All cops are bastards. All cops are bastards. This has been Speak of the Devil, the official podcast of the First Church of the Morning Star. The music is, as always, um, Somehow Satan Got Behind Me by Electric Mirrors. Check them out on Bandcamp. Um, Review us on stitcher itunes wherever wherever you do your podcasts subscribe to us like our facebook page at speak of the devil satanic podcast follow us on twitter at speak of the dev um you know email us your various satanic materials at speak of the devil podcast 666 at gmail.com we would love to hear from you. You know what? Send us cute stories about your pets because we're sad. Mm. Um, like if you have, if your pet has done literally anything that's cute, or if you have like a cute photo of a dog or a cat or a gerbil, we would love it. Or a camel, especially a camel or a platypus. Platypus, yes. Um, Terzier. Terzier, tarantula. You know. Whatever you got, we would love to see it. Snake! Snake, yes. Send us cute photos of snakes. It doesn't even have to be your snake. Just if you find a cute photo of a snake, we would like to see it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, I- until next time. Oh, boy. Um, bye. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs>